0: Tales from the Tavern was recorded in front of a live Twitch audience. ¶¶ Everyone, we are back with another week of Tales from the Tavern. Hope you all are having a great evening today. Welcome in to all of the new followers tonight. Uh, I am Gamer Mom Luna, and uh, basically the way that uh, the way that this stream works is in just a minute I will have all of our guests, uh, all of my guests, introduce themselves, um, and then we take all of our questions from chat. So the... The chat is open if anybody has any questions feel free to just drop them right into chat and I have a moderator who will feed them to me and make sure that I see them so that we don't skip any. Uh, We also have a ask my question next that you can use with channel points for a thousand channel points and three times a night. um, We can have a question skip up to the top of the queue so feel free to use that and um I am, without any further ado, I am going to go around and have all of our guests introduce themselves. So, Brent, we're going to start with you.
1: Yippee! <laughs> uh, hi! <laughs> um, my name is Brent, uh, also at Dark Lord Canada on Twitter. Uh, and I am a Canadian gaming nerd, uh, tabletop uh, role-playing editor. Uh, and I sometimes write about tabletop games as well.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I'm glad that you reached out. And, and uh, it, like I said, it, I, I say this all the time, but it's always super nice when I can put a face to like a Twitter handle. So, so uh, I'm glad to have you here. Um, next, we will go to Mark.
2: Hi, everyone. I'm Mark. I'm the CEO of Gamers Ledge. Uh, we are a um, <clears throat> geekery community. It's been in existence for 20 years. We help people uh, wisely spend their discretionary income and uh we showcase a lot of things that we think are cool that people should play Uh, you can find me on at gamers ledge on twitch uh twitter and youtube is really long and i'll hopefully they'll put it in the chat
0: (laughs) yes it is in the chat i can see it there now so uh yeah definitely drop a follow well thank you um for coming on tonight i'm excited to to get to chat with you a little bit more as well and um let's see what did we say third time returning guest (laughs) nicola
3: I just can't stay away. I mean, <laughs> why? What would be the point?
0: It's okay. I would miss you if you weren't here. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, yeah, I'm Nicola. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nicola the Druid. I'm also the founder of Druidcraft Productions, where I host a weekly show on Twitch called Tiny Hut, focused on education, advocacy, and charity. And also next weekend, you can find me with the rest of my Good Better Quest family. And the most epic crossover that has been so long in the making um, with the From Afar podcast. So, I'm yeah, so come check that out. About
4: that. <laughs> it is also
3: it is also for charity because I don't do anything if it's not helping something. Um, and so we're going to be supporting the Transgender Law Center and that's going to be really cool as well.
0: Nice. Um, that's exciting. You'll have to give us all the details a little bit later. So, um, all right. And uh, next we will go to Joel
5: oh god um hello <laughs> i'm joel i i mostly just play a little halfling wizard in Curse of Strahd, uh with uh, the talking xp crew uh i also write homebrew stuff for math productions also i don't i don't do much on my own i just like to play and have fun with others uh you can find me on twitter on X shadow Ace, X That's about it. <laughs>
0: awesome. Um, well, I'm uh, I'm excited to have you on as well because I know we've interacted on Twitter a bunch, but uh, this is mm-hmm. our first time actually getting to talk, so it's great.
5: You, you're one of the first people that I followed when I first joined the tabletop world.
0: I'm so happy. Um, <laughs> no, I think I remember that actually. <clears throat> I think I remember chatting with you when that when that happened. So. Um, and uh, and next uh, our. our primary question asker du jour uh, <laughs> <laughs> we all know him as Vertrox Nightblood, Trevor
6: <laughs> yeah um, <clears throat> excuse me uh, I'm Trevor or Vertrox uh, I don't really do anything online, I'm just here to make everyone look better No, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a recurring player on uh, on uh, Lost of Ambrosia, but that's not super special because literally dropping an application, you could join it too, um and, uh, yeah, and just, uh, kind of involved in the community, mainly because of Nicole, because I've known her for so long. Uh,
3: <laughs> I apologize now to everybody <laughs> about that. Okay. Uh,
0: well, I'm excited to have you on. Um, uh, Trevor, I, I'm going to default to calling you Vertrox because I'm still so, so calling you that. <laughs> I just put both up because
6: yeah. whatever.
0: Um, uh, Vertrox has played, um, has played Jackbox games in my discord for a couple of weeks every now and then. And, uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been fun getting the chance to actually chat and, um, have some, some (laughs) entertaining times playing Jackbox games. Um, all right. Well, we have already gotten our first question, but for those of you who came in during the introductions, the way that this works is, um, Chat is the one who asks all of our questions. So if you have a question that you would like to ask this panel, feel free to just drop it into chat and one of our moderators will make sure that we see it. Um, And uh, like I said, also we have the ask my question next. So um, for a thousand channel points, you can use that and um, get your question bumped up to the next one in the queue. But to get started, we're going to start with a question from Jim the Dim. And Jim's question is... What is your favorite alignment, and why is it chaotic neutral?
6: Alignment is arbitrary okay. and stupid. That's, <laughs> that's my answer.
3: <laughs> uh, that's also my answer, but that's why I play chaotic neutral. because Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the easiest way to describe. I have no idea what's coming out of my mouth next, so get ready.
5: Uh, I typically I typically play characters in the good spectrum, but most of the ones that I've made are chaotic good because I think that's the most interesting of the entire.
2: I, I'm with Joel. Uh, when the ends justify the means, and it doesn't matter what, yeah, as long as you're sticking to a code, that's that's kind of how I I generally end up playing my characters as well.
1: Yeah, I tend to uh, I tend to go with neutral good, uh, just because I don't care how we get there, uh, as long as we're doing good. Um, but uh, but I also agree with the statement that alignments are like an arbitrary, unless you're unless you're a paladin and it makes a difference. Right. Um, right. But your... then, it's, it's, but then it's like it doesn't. Your, your oath. Yeah, it's your oath that you're even keeping too. Not even necessarily yeah.
6: your alignment, which is why it's weird. Yeah. But yeah. So.
5: Pretty much, yeah.
3: Because I actually, in the first game that Trevor ever... Oh, he's under me on my screen. Uh, in the first game Trevor ever DM'd, I have a chaotic evil paladin. And she's beautiful, and I love her so much. <laughs> yeah.
0: I've Here. tried to play Lawful Good uh, as a paladin. I've mentioned this before in the past um, on older episodes, but I've tried to play a character that was based on 1980s Shira. And it was a disaster. I couldn't do it. (laughs) I was like, this is too goody two-shoes for me. Like, I'm a fairly, like, fairly clean-cut kind of person. And even that was like, yeah, no, this is not happening.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, I do a lot of DMing. And when I see somebody come to the table with either a lawful good or a lawful evil character... That's like a huge warning sign for me for a lot of reasons, because a lot of times generally it just creates infighting in the, in the group. So I, I try and, you know, work with the player to say, okay, what's your, what's your direction and let, not to worry so much about the alignment as what's their end goal mm-hmm. and how can we get everybody on board with it or not. But you know, it just depends on the circumstance.
0: Yeah. That,
5: that was one, that was one of the first things that I learned too, that I was like, alignment doesn't really matter. Unless it's, like, integral to your character build. But as long as what you're doing doesn't affect your party in a negative way, you kind of have free reign for the most part.
1: Yeah, and I mean, especially in 5th edition, like, you know, going back to the Paladin, yeah. Like, the two ways that I play the Paladin, generally speaking, are um, I either play them as a first responder, so more of a paramedic, (laughs) combat medic type of, of character, other than like a cop, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Or, or, or I very specifically play the character of Benton Fraser from a TV show called Due South, which is all about a Canadian Mountie who ends up have, uh, being stationed in Chicago, um, trying to fight crime down there. And
2: uh, that's a deep cut. I'm just saying.
1: Incur- yeah, I encourage you. To, I encourage everyone to look that up. Due South.
2: It's actually a really home. good show.
0: I've heard of it. I haven't
3: watched it.
1: That's that's generally the paladin I try to go for.
3: I got to get a note. I always have to have a notebook, and I didn't get one this time. Uh oh! There, there it is. There it is. Okay. There's always a notebook for tales because we get so many good suggestions. I know we really do. <laughs> I'm trying this to is think. The colored it? pencil, and I'm just going to use it. Go for
2: it. Was it three seasons?
3: Yeah, he had managed to squeak out
1: a third season. Yeah, that's what I that's what I thought. Okay. I'm a, I'm that is a that is name. a
2: great deep cut.
5: <laughs> I'm gonna need you to send me the name for that later so I can watch it. <laughs> oh, it's okay.
3: I take notes. I'll put it in chat.
4: Sweet.
5: Last time Again? I
3: think we had like a half a page of ttrpgs
0: i should seriously mm-hmm. start suggesting that guests like bring a notebook just in case
6: uh, <laughs> when bring a... your text doc so we can put it in the show notes
0: right. uh, <laughs> hey, i
2: actually am keeping a text document right now so that's <laughs>
5: As, as long as it's not like an exam or a test at the end i think we're good <laughs> i can't handle this oh
0: my gosh i'm gonna have to like assign a moderator just to listen to the show like and make sure that we get all of this stuff like if somebody says like oh i want to come back and reference that later you know <laughs> we'll have to get on my, that
2: my cursor's still stuck on the my little pony ra- raven law mashup
0: yeah uh yeah um actually i'm glad you mentioned that i will drop the uh the form in chat for anybody who hasn't heard uh ray mayhem is going to be dming on this channel a my little pony in raven loft game and we are currently looking to fill two seats um applications are open and uh and you can let's see here is the link there we go so if anybody's interested in playing as a my little pony complete with your own cutie mark of your own design um you can fill out that google form and um we will we will get in touch and uh yeah I, we don't have a set date but it's looking to run for about eight weeks we don't have a set start date yet so anyway
3: i can't wait
6: to watch that it's gonna be amazing i think it's, it really is i wouldn't want to play but i'm definitely gonna have to watch it that sounds that sounds ridiculous <laughs>
5: I I will play, if, or I will apply to play if there is no Curse of shot spoilers.
0: That's the only
5: requirement for me.
0: Well, there is a comment section, so you can go ahead and leave a comment in there, and then Ray can determine whether or not that will work.
5: I will. I'll do it later. Okay. I was going to do it now, but I figured that would be unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> kind of in the middle of a show here, dude. I'm just like screw it. This is more important.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> um so dev makes things had a great question hi dev uh the the first question that dev had is have you ever had a campaign that accidentally ended up becoming an evil campaign
6: (laughs) Um, sweet criminals an evil campaign nicole i so i was just thinking i'm like
3: does that does that count because we are called the sweet criminals but also no um yeah, so the one of the campaigns that we play with Dev, Trevor, and I, um, where our party's called the Sweet Criminals, because the first, this is the one, and I've mentioned before, um, where it's two tieflings and then a literal bear. Uh, Trevor plays Bearsley Baron, Baron Bearsley
2: fur of Barrington.
3: <laughs> He's a literal bear. Yeah. Anyway, um, but when we find. Yeah, we had to break out of prison. We blew up a bridge. Uh, Bearsley killed a guard with a cabbage.
0: <laughs> like, Wait, I have questions. With a cabbage?
3: Okay.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anything oh. can be used as a ranged implement. I'm just exactly.
6: Saying. So we are escape. We break out of the jail. We are trying to escape the jail and we find this cabbage cart, this cabbage salesman who's a, I think he was a, was a fear bull. Yeah. And, um, we convince him to let, to let us hide in his cart, which how he, he hid this 900 pound bear is incredible. But so they're taking us through town and then they're like, so am I going to get paid for this? And we're like, uh, no. And so he just leaves the cart. So we decide, all right, the guards are approaching us now. Let's just go. So I have, Bearsley sticks his paw down through the bottom of the cart and just pushes us forward. And it's this cart cart chase through the city of guards shooting crossbow bolts at us and whatnot. And uh, there's three guards on a bell tower. And I'm like, can I try to throw a cabbage and hit him? (laughs) And Dev is like, yeah, sure. It'll be a disadvantage. I double nat uh, (laughs) 20. I rolled six nat 20s this session as well. Wow. Um, I double nat 20. And he's like, yeah. Okay. So the the cabbage hits one of them in the back of the head, bounces off the bell, and hits the thir- the second guy into the third guy, and they all fall off the top of <laughs> of the tower. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was nuts. And that's come up later on as a joke because the way that, that his world works is um, there's he's run several different parties, one shots. Uh, 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 Luna's played in one of them in his in his own homebrew world. And uh, so I've played, I think, eight characters in Vima in his world. Um, And there's always like little meta jokes or side jokes to like other campaigns and stuff. And there was this, um, Mm. I forget, was that part of the time thing in our normal one? Where it was.
3: It was part of when we did Sweet Imperials (laughs) one shot. Yeah.
6: We played the the Imperials, which is the, the, the group that was tracking our normal party. And it was like there was a funeral going on for the three men who were killed <laughs> with a cabbage uh, off of the top of the tower. Yeah, I would um, like to
0: point out. Uh, Dev says they had families virtual. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
6: <laughs> that yeah, that was brought up. It was. I would uh, like to point them.
3: out. I would like to point out <laughs> that Trevor just so, said he wanted to hit them. He didn't say he wanted to kill them. Yeah,
6: that was all. That, yeah, that was, was all a, you, Dev.
3: that was on Dev.
6: Well, so, and then the, I'm the kidding. Joke was, I love you, love you. Yeah, yeah. It was
2: it was ridiculous. None of this makes it sound like you're inherently evil, though.
3: Uh, and, no, and that's so, kind of what yeah. the
2: question was: was you know, has your so, campaign? Turned it just evil?
3: depends on. It just depends on another thing about the alignment. Who's considering? Because yeah, we are enemies of the state. Yeah, um, the empire hates us. Oh, the empire sure. hates us. And oh, there's also that dragon cult that hates us now um and then there's the two bounty hunters um that we're currently fighting and then yeah it no. would be
5: easier to not to number to enumerate who doesn't hate you at this point yeah, exactly saying, that's pretty that's much yeah.
3: we are we are pure chaos and it's great
1: i haven't i mean you know i sort of have to put the the hard line at um if if we're not talking about campaigns run when i was in my teens is inherently every campaign run by like 12 13 14 year olds is inherently an evil campaign it just we just are like it's (laughs) they have that that is where the term murder hobo comes from that is like that is um So leaving that behind, excluding my teen years, uh, no, I've never had a campaign that actually turned into like a, you know, we're the heroes. And then, (laughs) wait a minute, are we the bad guys? Um,
2: I I echo that, actually, unless you're talking about playing the actual RPG murder hobos, which is a lot of fun, (laughs) since that's the actual, you know, track of that game. Uh, Yeah, no, I've never also... I'm, I'm trying to think of one where it even came close. And most of the point, most of the time, you know, for me personally, when I play video games, I'm the one that always does the good playthrough first. And then I'll, yes, and then here. maybe if I, if I want to play the game more, I'll might try dabble into the bad playthrough and get halfway through and be like, I can't do this. But it tends to be that most of my friend group that most of the folks that play D and D with me are that way for the most part as well. And so it, it, It very rarely do I have somebody who's like, unless that's a character, once in a while, this will come up. Like I have had had characters in the past that had less than scrupulous motives for doing something, but then eventually the group kind of convinced them that what they were doing once they found it, they kind of guided them back toward the path of the right. And I'm not saying you can't have bad characters or campaigns because that's interesting too. But just for my my group of friends generally that doesn't happen
1: the guy Uh, who i can i can play an evil um i always set out to play the evil pathway in like a computer game or something like that um until and i do fine until i have to be mean to a child or a dog (laughs) (laughs) and then i'm like nope i'm turning over a new leaf i'm a new man (laughs) Uh, yeah, uh, I just I, can't. I for some reason I just can't do it. I can't be mean to a pixel, a child, or <laughs> dog. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if it counts, but the very
5: first and technically the only time I've DM'd my the party completely missed by their own actions. They completely missed uh, an entire plotline that I set up for them, and they ended up it it never the campaign never ended like we didn't actually come to a proper conclusion but they ended up working for the bad guys without knowing yeah. because because of, explicitly because of the actions that they made i wouldn't call them evil just ignorant but it's as close as i've ever gotten uh to an evil campaign
2: now are we allowed to talk about like related video game kind of stuff like yep, that's absolutely similar? okay cuz cuz right now we are doing uh, we've been doing this playthrough of Divinity Original Sin 2, which, oh, if you guys have game. never played it, it's like the best non TTRPG that's like a TTRPG mm-hmm. on consoles and PCs in like the last 25 years. Yeah. But uh, I have logged, I'm not joking, over a thousand hours into it before Ooh. we started this campaign. And so on this campaign, I am actually being the murder hobo. And we're like, killing all the, all the guards, killing all the, the prisoners, everyone for XP, because we, I mean, we, we all know what's coming up and where we want to be at power-wise. So that's really the closest I can think of to the only time I've ever done that in any game ever is this actual live stream that <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you're doing right now. So that's, yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably the worst I've ever been in any game. And, and it's funny because I've got a, uh, one guy who who had stepped away from D&D for like 20 years and came back. And this was kind of his reintroduction into role playing and, and, and that type of, of style of game. And he was very appalled that we were just murdering everyone.
4: Oh no! Every oh, no.
2: But, but at the same time, it only took him like half an hour to get on board and cooperate and doing it, too. So there's that also.
3: Uh, when you said murder hobo, I suddenly remembered that Trevor and I actually do play in an evil version of a campaign in Vima, but more of like one shots um, because uh, we played these brother kobolds named Verder, and, and they are actually evil. And I unintentionally, intentionally murder hoboed a goblin just standing outside of a shop. <laughs> Because the adrenaline was so high that we had just like stolen something from a Rakshasa. Uh, and we were like, multiple yeah,
6: Rakshasas who ran a library. Rocks.
3: Yeah. Um, and we stole something. And so I was, the adrenaline was so high that Dev described a goblin outside of the shop. And I was we're like, magic a, missile. Magic missile. <laughs> And I was like, wait. ah." And so at the end of the one shot, but we'll turn into probably a mini campaign because they're the best characters. Um, Oh, they're so dumb. We got invited. Oh, they're so dumb. We got invited to the villainous society in one of the cities. Um, And I think it's because I murder hoboed a random goblin (laughs) that nothing ever just happens with, 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 with Vima. So it'll come back to haunt me.
6: (laughs) Yeah.
0: I had a game years ago. It wasn't so much that the campaign turned evil, but um, one of the players. I don't remember exactly what happened. Like, this is well over 10 years ago at this point. But um, one of the players ended up swearing his allegiance to Bane. And uh, yeah, basically, (laughs) like, turned against the entire party. And we were like. What? So our final battle ended up being a PvP.
6: <laughs> oh wow, <Yeah>. that's.
0: <gasps> so that was really fun, though. It was really, it was really cool. And of course, um, like my character got their butt kicked because it was one of the first D and D games I'd ever played. And the guy that uh, had his character swore allegiance to Bane was like had been playing since he was like two. So. <laughs> so yeah oh (laughs) Oh my goodness yep that was that was interesting um oh we're not
2: we're not we're not allowed to ask questions oh
0: no you absolutely are
2: oh do it so i'm curious (laughs) what everyone's first experience with ttrpgs is
6: oh Uh mine was it's always kind of been in my periphery but and i never just i never jumped onto it i had friends who played and uh other things like that but my first um experience with ttrpgs was jumping into nicole's um home campaign uh when uh covid first hit and so we were my girlfriend was playing in it with some of her friends and my girlfriend was like why don't you ask nicole if if uh you can join and so i i asked nicole and she was like yeah so i made a character based off of a joke that i made a long time ago and i'm still playing that character to this day i actually have a my sister got a got a uh, commission of the that character made and it looks really nice but yeah that was my first my first experience was was because of nicole
2: that's awesome
3: uh yeah my mine was So technically it was podcast because uh, when it got promoted into the job that I have now, um, I was bored listening to music. So I asked a friend to recommend podcasts and they recommend, they recommended um, some ones that I didn't like, but then they also recommended the adventure zone. And so that got me into TTRPGs. So the first time I got to play was um, a couple months later, my, Around my birthday, one of the local game stores was doing a um, Dungeons and Dragons and Drinks event at a local bar. And so they had like six different tables running one shots. And so another friend of mine and I went down there and the DM, we were just talking about this on Twitter. The um, the DM gave us inspiration if we bought him drinks. <laughs> um, and, and then... um. Handed us blank character sheets, and said you wake up in a jail cell and have no idea who you are, and it was, it was fabulous. I mean, it was the best time. That would be so um, cool. And then my first campaign didn't go that well, but I dragged Trevor along for that one too, just because I couldn't suffer alone. Um, and then,
6: oh, <laughs> that one.
3: Yes, um, but yeah, drink dra- Dungeons and Dragons and drinks when we were allowed to go to bars and stuff.
5: Damn. Uh, the first time I played d was it was when it was first introduced to me, like, two years, three years ago, max? Uh, I've, I haven't had any experience with anything but 5v. Um, but my DM uh, was running a campaign, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. He was. I would just be like, this is a vague idea of what I want. And then he would be like, just do this and do that. Uh, but I ended up playing a rogue bard with like homebrew spells. It was a disaster because <laughs> like it was his own world with his own rules. Most of the plot was just us going to random places, finding a bunch of monsters and being saved by the DM's characters. That were like the super powerful villain. Asian warriors, and <laughs> yeah. we were just messengers for these guys. Uh, it was, it, it was, it was fun, um, but it was,
2: it was so bad. <laughs> uh, it, was, about,
1: it was, it was, a, it was a good time.
2: What about you, Brent?
1: So my first time gaming, uh, I was ten years old. Uh, we were at the public library and there was a notice on the bulletin board, uh, advertising that, uh, one of the librarians was going to be like teaching and running, uh, this, this new game called Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and I had, well, had been, was, am still a, a huge sci-fi and fantasy nerd. Um, and at that age, I was reading a bunch of like, you know, Knights of the Round Table and Robin Hood and all the rest of it. So I was just like, yep, this seems exactly what I want to do. And so I convinced my mom, let me go, um, go back uh, when they were running the games. Uh, and pretty much never looked back. Uh, that was 42 years ago. So (laughs) I'm, yeah. It's been a blast the entire time. And I mean, I almost never like to bring up how long I've been gaming because I know there's a lot of people out there that use their sort of time in the hobby as like a, a cudgel to gatekeep and be like, well, I've been gaming for X number of years, so this is why you're fun. In my day! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and the people I always tell, I think I always say is, it's like the only thing that I have, can say for certain after being like playing Dungeons and Dragons for so long uh is that I can guarantee you that it, in any game or in any campaign uh I will boldly decide to do something in my turn based on rules that existed in a previous edition of the game. <laughs> uh, and and only only in the moments when the DM reminds me that uh, actually, that's not a thing in this edition. Will I discover <laughs> that my character is in a world of trouble? Um, <laughs> so that is a that is what I have found anyway. That is that is the uh, the benefit of having played that long. Um, yeah.
2: Well I actually very much mirror you, uh, 10 years old. Uh, My parents were divorced, I went to go stay with my dad, and uh, my stepbrother ran me through my very first campaign, I was playing a rogue, a thief at the time, uh, in second ed AD&D, and I made it to the wizard at the end of the module and he killed me and i cried for like <laughs> oh cried for like like yeah. days yeah no it was really bad because i was 10 years old i didn't know any better i was really upset because my character died but yeah uh, and and then i i I never touched it again until college and then once i got into college there was no dnd at that point it was really at a lull so it was riffs it was a uh, world of darkness it was um a uh, street fighter it was you know you name it there were so many different things. And so I do the exact same thing you were talking about, but generally it's with different rules systems. Where I'm like, Oh, I can totally oh no, I can't do that and then I die. But it's it's fun, yeah. i i i that Go
1: ahead. I've absolutely done that too. Like I've I dropped uh what was it? Playing Gamma World and I i dropped like a D and D rule into the middle of the game and the game master's like, What are you talking about? Like I'm really oh, right. glad
2: you, yeah. you brought up that point about people using their experience <laughs> as a cudgel because I think that's one of the things that I have a great group of friends and luckily all, all of us are very inclusive and, and try to invite people in, especially those that are just getting started in the hobby, where I think if you really make a concerted effort to try and promote that that's more important than flaunting your, your knowledge of rules or any of that type of thing because that's going to make an environment that everybody enjoys to play in. And I think that's a really important point. I'm glad you brought that up.
5: That was, that was actually one of the things that I was most hesitant about when I first got into the tabletop world because it was just me, my one friend who knew how to play and like three other people who didn't actually know how to play. We were It was just us. And then I started following people on, on Twitter and it was like, all of these people have been playing for so much longer than me. I saw plenty of like casting calls and things that I just did not apply to cuz I I barely know the difference between a bard and a and a wizard or why a sorcerer is not also a wizard. But like it wasn't it wasn't until like I actually started interacting with a lot of the community that I was like, okay, maybe maybe it's not as scary as it looks like from the outside.
0: <laughs> I think uh, I think social media. Social media can be a disaster at times, mm-hmm. um, but I think for the most part, in my experience, and I know this isn't true for everyone, but in my experience, it's it's been more of a good thing for the TTRPG community than not, because it's opened up people to more of those other players and dms who are like yeah come on in like i'd love to have you you know play at my table or whatever it may be when locally you may not have that and so Mm -hmm. i think it's i think in that regard it's been really really nice for people that are in a similar position to you who are just starting out and like i want to get to know more but i don't know where to start or i don't have anybody nearby that wants to play or any like i grew up not playing TTRPGs, really not gaming at all. I didn't start really gaming until I was in my early 20s, and I didn't start playing TTRPGs until I was 26 or 27. Um, And so 16 years ago, something like that. I can't math right now. But um, so it's, I think now I, I have found the ttrpg community to be a much more open and welcoming place with sort of the development of social media
3: yeah
1: sorry go ahead
3: sorry i would not even be playing ttrpgs if it wasn't for the twitter community because um the uh the first campaign i was in was so bad that um had I not known that good people existed out there, I would not be playing TTRPGs. Mm. But also, um, I only started in 2019. Yeah, I've only been playing for like two years, um, and the community has just been amazing with all of that. I I, I loved him so much.
2: <laughs> I think it's interesting, and one of the reasons I asked this is because when I owned a a, a comic shop we go into comic and gaming store, and we would actually encourage people to come in and watch the games as other people were playing, obviously respectfully, but that was the way that most of the people who wanted to, like if there was a DM that wanted to run a game, they'd actually pick people out of the audience that weren't already playing and start a new game with them. And so that was kind of the way we, we fostered that because there was no Twitter community at that point because this, this was in 2005, so, I mean, that, that was one of the ways that we did it at our shop. And I always like to hear how different people approach the, you know, getting started with it. And I think it's amazing that social media can lead itself to that in this day and age. That's awesome. And anyone watching knows you can play. It doesn't matter if you don't understand the rules. There's people to help you. Please play if you wanna play.
0: Absolutely. We actually Please even play.
6: need D. It doesn't even need to be D. There's so many systems out there. Yeah.
0: And that's mm-hmm. one of the big things that I always tell people when I get the question or when the question comes up of how do I get started in D D and I always say it may not be D. Like that may not be the system for you, but that doesn't mean tabletop isn't for you. It just means D D is not the right system for you. But you know, there's so many great ones out there, like, way more than I could ever think to mention, and they play to different people's strengths and weaknesses. You just have to find the one you like, and the one that, you know, lets you tell the story you want to tell.
5: Yeah, I I, I, like, I always like to compare uh, d d to Pizza and D oh. is exactly like pizza. You can add and you can take away and you can combine it but at the end of the day it's still pizza. You you can maybe you don't like pizza. You like salads or you like burritos or you like I don't know, uh, onigiris or whatever. And I've actually learned a lot about that recently because I had the opportunity to be in a charity I I don't know, it was a charity live stream but it was also the last two episodes of uh Latino lettings uh game I don't remember the system. I think the system we were using was pasiones or something like that, and it was just like re- redoing like a telenovela kind of thing and it, there was no combat and it was a completely different system and it was so much fun just to be able to just role play the hell out of some dramatic scenarios with a bunch of awesome people and like I wouldn't have been able to get that with d and d just because it's so different,
2: yeah, I think and that's like one that. of the. Oh, go ahead.
3: Oh, I was just gonna say, I love that. That's cool.
2: I I think that's one of the things out of the TTRPG community on Twitter that I am just gobsmacked by is how many systems are being published today between Kickstarter and people doing bootstrapping and doing it on their own. Um, You know, it's it's amazing. We're like, just like video games, we're living in a golden age for TTRPGs because there's so much choice out there of what you might want to play. It's
3: amazing. And And it's not... Oh, go ahead. uh, I was just going to say, and it's not a new one, but um, I just got introduced to Blades in the Dark because Trevor's running uh, a campaign in that. And, oh my gosh, it's different. And I like it. Yeah, it's also also not a
6: great system for first-time DMs. And I'm a a fledgling DM, so... Oh, (laughs) no.
0: I was going to say, too, that it doesn't even have to be, like, this huge... 100 page 200 page system you know it can be a little one two pager it can be you know honey Honey Heist yeah
3: yeah look at how
6: it's like backlog of freaking one page
3: (laughs) one page i love yeah i got to play honey heist last weekend for the first time and i loved it yeah so good
0: I, i watched that actually i was lurking in chat um but uh yeah it was it just anything like that we're gonna be um, here on, on this channel, we're still working on confirming the date, but uh, we just did our, um, our session zero for a little, you know, like a four-page system that somebody wrote. You know, it wasn't really published. He was just like, hey, this is a thing that I wrote. And we were like, great, let's play it, you know. And so it's going to be uh, like just this hilarious time. I mean, one of the things that he has is literally a table. That you roll the style of your hat on, and yeah. so that one great. of the characters that I made is going to be wearing a tan, a tan hat with a rounded top and a studded brim with a feather. <laughs> totally random. That's yes, funny. I oh, may I have ordered that. a hat to actually make that. So, oh, um, I love that. Though. But yeah, like just silly awesome. stuff like that. It, you know, it's so much fun and. I really, truly think there's a system out there for everyone. You just have to find it.
2: Yep. For sure. For sure.
0: All right. Um, okay. Let's see. So, uh, let, we'll backtrack a little bit with this question, but Dev had a couple other questions, and this one Dev has...
3: is trolling us? Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, y'all. I told you he was.
0: So, this question is... What vegetable would be your first choice of murder weapon and why? Please use examples.
6: <laughs> uh, I already <laughs> answered that question. So, uh,
5: <laughs> vegetable. vegetable.
2: It's, not quite, it's not, not quite PG, but I'd have to say eggplant. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the implications. Oh, man. Uh,
5: probably a carrot, sharpened to the point of a, to to a, stake. Yeah, that's a good one. I like the best it. I got, I'm sorry. No,
2: I like it.
3: Oh. No, it's good because at least you remembered carrot. As soon as the question came, I forgot every <laughs> vegetable that existed. Apple,
4: um, apple. So I had to,
5: <laughs> apple? I had to yeah, Google I, right. whether a carrot was a vegetable because I, yeah. I I'm I'm my my main language is Spanish. Okay, I have a valid yeah, reason. Yeah. Yeah, so I yeah. had to be like, wait a minute. Is it though?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm literally going through like, okay, what do I have for vegetables in my fridge right now that I could kill somebody with? <laughs> and I'm like, I have uh, cut up pieces of carrots, and I have some celery, and
3: um, I got nothing. <laughs> I have a cucumber. Can I help? Can Will that work? Yep. It's a bludgeoning also, weapon. Yeah. yeah. Also, I just thought of like six ways to kill someone with cucumbers. So uh, please don't leave me un supervised
4: <laughs> watch list. just do the uh,
5: just do the ash thing in, from alien you can pretty much kill anyone with, any, with anything i
3: i don't i even i really don't even get cucumber i bought cucumber to see if my cats would eat it because that cat on tiktok eats it <laughs> <laughs>
0: It definitely is not a vegetable, but, um, if I could, if I had to pick something to use as a murder weapon, that's not a typical murder weapon an icicle.
2: Oh, I was just going to say that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, hundred yeah. percent. No murder weapon. We exactly. probably shouldn't be promoting those types no, of things. No, we really shouldn't be. I'm just, I'm just saying. I agree. <laughs> no, yeah, we, hardly. We're it's the best on our
6: watch list now. If right? we can choose things that are in.
5: I was already there. Probably, it's NSA. <laughs> I would probably go for an invisible dagger of some sort, since it's. We we're talking about non-vegetables now. Yeah. Just <laughs> transparent. Just nobody can see it. Nobody knows that.
0: Right? You
1: know,
5: it's there. Yeah. I'd probably
2: go for a potato.
0: You could um, they're good like do some damage with that you can do a, a lot it yeah. yeah
2: potato guns are oh. definitely a thing yep. yeah
3: yeah sure. oh yeah
1: Put am in the freezer for a little bit oh. so they get nice and hard and then yeah, it's just like throwing a rock just put it in a sock <laughs>
0: <laughs> you could write a whole poem
2: <laughs> well devs did say that he wanted examples he's got them <laughs> there
3: you go Deb. I know and you know what this is gonna come back in like three months to haunt us um
6: <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna because... fight a gang of people who are using uh vegetable weapons uh well, at next some point town in the we go to we're gonna
3: be chased out <laughs> we're gonna be chased cannons. out by people with potato cannons
0: Dev would like to know what about avocados
3: is that, that a vegetable best. is it
6: a vegetable oh, oh vegetable. I know.
3: uh <laughs> I heard that pun. In, um, are avocados a vegetable?
0: I don't know.
6: Quick, to the internet. Uh, it's just, <laughs> to the Google. Just reminded me of that, there, there's now a.
0: They
5: are fruits. Just
6: just, okay. just okay. reminded me thought there, thought there's now something medically now. known as avocado hand, which is when someone stupidly tries to, to take the, the seed out, out of an avocado, but stabs it through oh. into their hand. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is like a medical term now apparently
0: that's terrible I yeah understandable, but still terrible
3: oh my oh. gosh people stop uh yeah it's technically a fruit but yep. it's also it it was listed on vegetable of the month so it's a to, it's like a tomato it's
0: like a tomato nobody really knows
3: I I do know a few people I can kill with avocados because they're allergic.
6: I'm sorry. Hold on. David Tilstra, are you saying that you've stabbed your hand uh, while trying to get the seed out of an avocado?
3: It is a very David Tilstra thing to do.
2: (laughs) He he could be saying that he's killed someone allergic to avocados, too.
0: (laughs) He's done that many times.
5: (laughs) Yeah,
2: he's done that Uh, many times.
5: Either way, they're confessing to a crime. Yeah, um, yeah we might
4: wanna...
6: <laughs> I like the answer was yes with no, yes. no clarification. No clarification <laughs> Multiple times. times. Multiple
2: times, yeah. That's right. it. That's
0: all he can admit to Fantastic. because anything else would be self-incriminating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it right now.
2: <laughs> wow.
0: Okay. So uh, Dev's next question, definitely a trolling <laughs> question, but I'm running with it anyway. How many toes is too many toes? And do boots even actually need soles?
6: Oh my God, (laughs) that one's for Nicole.
3: No, boots don't need soles. It's just a fashion statement, next question. (laughs) (laughs) We will not
0: be taking further questions at this time.
3: What happens when you get a bunch of truly nerdy scientists together and force them to play tabletop role-playing games? You might be surprised. Nature Check is a TTRPG channel you
0: can find on Twitch, YouTube, and podcast apps everywhere. Join the fun as the cast explores fantasy worlds and connects your favorite gaming moments to real-life science.
3: If you like TTRPGs, ridiculous jokes, and nerdy fun facts, then Nature Check is the show for you.
0: Hello, we are back from our break, and I uh, hope you all had a good break. Uh, we all did. We were discussing dice and buying dice by the pound or by the jug or all of that good stuff during the break, and showing off our dice jars. And I don't have about, a problem.
6: You have a problem.
0: Yeah. And talking <laughs> about all of the dice that we had within arm's reach of where we were currently sitting. So that was how our break went. Um Ray, I see your question. So we will start with that one because uh, Ray redeemed and asked my question next. So Ray's question is, what was a time when another player made a choice that later inspired you as a player yourself?
3: Um, I've probably got a hundred answers for this, but I'm going to share what happened last week in our session. Because it was the coolest moment I've ever had in a TTRPG. Um, We were, Trevor and I were playing, and Trevor, we like, before the session, had talked about the previous session where something very dramatic had happened and how his character was affected by it. And so he was writing something that was going, that he was going to like do, like a chant. It was like a chant. It was a chant. And so I got the idea that I'm playing a bar druid and I don't sing at all at all. And so I got the idea that I was going to write a song and it just, and so he performed his chant. And then a few minutes later, I performed my song and it was the most beautiful moment in a TTRPG Um, because the chant and the song both had the same rhythm without even thinking about it. And it was really cool.
0: That's neat.
2: So I I have one, but it needs a little explanation. Um, My my best friend, Daniel, and I were playing in a game which doesn't happen very often together because he's a DM, I'm a DM. Usually one of us is running and the others are involved. And um, we were brothers. Um, Not biological brothers, but I was an elf from the Feywild that fell through to a dwarven stronghold when I was young. And they raised me as one of their own. And so we played this entire campaign. Um, and throughout the campaign, he became a, a devout uh, cleric of the Raven Queen. And um, when we got to the BBEG, when we got to the Big Bad at the end of the campaign, he, the Big Bad threw him off a cliff. And not like a, a 20-foot cliff, but like a hundreds of feet cliff he was going to die and uh i always play my characters very not religious i guess would be the best way to say that that's my prefer my personal play style i'm not a very religious person i don't do that but as he went over the cliff he shouted at me she'll save me and so i embraced that in the moment and i uttered a prayer to the Raven queen and I tried to cast face step and she granted me the ability to, instead of face step myself, face step him to another plane. And so that's one of the, one of the times that I really let somebody else's faith kind of influence my character's actions.
3: Oh, that's so beautiful.
2: And we've been yeah, separated yeah. for 15 years and I've, I've been, and that's basically, I take that character to other other systems and search for him there. That's how I how I've worked that for the last 20 years.
6: That's awesome. Oh, that is so cool.
0: I can't think of anything specific, but I've I've had a lot of people like I've played with a lot of other players that just their their play style or something that they come up with will inspire me down the road like you know for something else that i do or something that i come up with or something like that um but i don't have anything specific that i can think of right off the top of my head
1: yeah i don't have anything that is like a character inspired you know my character to do something specific i do have um occasionally like i game together with a group for about uh been together for about 11 years um and at one point three members of our group didn't make it one week so we were i keep going and we were doing uh i think it's against the drow was the the campaign um so we were underground fighting uh, against the drow a lot um and just jokingly we said one of the one of the players said, "How ridiculous! You know, the other three players are missing this week. How ridiculous a situation can we start the next game in?" So that when they show up, they have absolutely no context for what is going on. How ridic- And I think by the end of that session, we had got it to the point where, uh, yeah, we we started the very next session. Essentially, trying to um, um, Trojan horse our way into the Drow stronghold. Except instead of a Trojan horse, we had a hollowed out undead uh, mammoth. uh, And one of the party members, who was a a vampire, um, was trying to basically talk their way in while the rest of us were crammed inside of this mammoth. (laughs)
2: and i bet that smelled Uh, great
1: and that is how we started the next session so you know basically everyone they rolled up and we were very tight-lipped about like what had happened in the previous session so we we ate dinner together and we sat down to play and the dm is like okay um so it's dark it's hot and it smells awful (laughs) Um, and, and you can you can hear the cleric talking to the drow um. everybody roll a stealth check. And that's how those three players were introduced to the very next session um, and had incredible. no idea what was going on. Uh, it was glorious. But, uh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. This was, like, an amazing,
5: like... Both of those um, are amazing stories, honestly. there's
6: uh, There's nothing that, like, another player has done that, like, Has inspired a specific action that I took, but one of the people that we play with, um, one of our players who I've been playing with for over a year now, um, Daphne, I don't, she's probably not watching this, but every character that she plays, like, she is spot on with the RP. We had a moment in, um, home game where she is, um, confronting her adopted father who basically like j- just took her whole family's fortune everything big evil guy whatever uh and is just shit talking him to his face and it is it was one of the best more like damn all of us were like holy crap
3: it was uh, so good that i who was playing the villain had to be like Y'all, I need a moment. <laughs> I, I am like shook. I need a moment because it was just she just just had this whole whole long almost like a monologue, but not. And yeah, I oh,
6: like called him so weak and everything, and all, like he oh he's not even relying on his own power anymore. Uh, and he's he's become so weak over the years and stuff like that. Put in a much better way, but yeah, like just every time that she goes like she goes hard with the with the rp and it's 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 inspiring for sure.
5: Nice. Uh, the closest i've had to something like that was in the very first campaign that i played. My rogue is my rogue was a a bard originally that had to turn to a life of crime after he got a, a girl pregnant and ended up settling with her. Uh, and he began. In, in the in the process, he got himself cursed. So if his family ever saw him, they would see every single crime he's ever committed. Uh, so he had to travel to get hit- rid of his curse. And he was like the typical aloof, but you know, sneaky, sly, rogue kind of archetype. Um, and f- he wasn't a edge lord. He was. <laughs> he, it was no, actually, he was a super <laughs> upbeat and cheerful. Um, but the kind of the kind of like a magician in a way because if you didn't pay attention, he would probably yoink everything you have.
6: Yeah, all right. <laughs>
5: um, but the party. This was the first game that I played. Some of the other party members were playing little girls. One of them was a uh, an actual girl playing a little girl. Like, a, so it's not as creepy as it sounds. I promise. <laughs> uh, but but the way that they played their characters made it was an intentional and we never talked about it but my character they started looking to my character like a father figure and my character starts to look at the little girls like his kids and at one point one of our other that last party member got the girls in trouble and it was the first time one of the girls had actually gotten hurt in combat and my character dragged that character out of a room to threaten him with death if he ever Uh the girls in danger again and it was the first time that character ever showed like a really serious like if you fuck up again i will murder you kind of moment that everybody was just like oh no <laughs> but it was it was because of other characters behavior that that even happened it's one of my favorite moments from that first campaign because it's i like rp i like combat but i love rp mm. oh god
0: all right um (laughs) so dev geared this question to trevor but i'm gonna open it up to everyone um the question is uh trevor how many dice can you see right now
6: (laughs) oh no so there's 20 sets on the dice rack there's several sets in the, the the crown bag uh This is just a bunch of random dice. There's a bunch of D6s. uh, There's another set over here. There's like four D20s right here. There's several sets in the drawers. Uh, So easily like 30 plus sets, maybe 40.
3: But he he doesn't have a problem. He can stop whenever he wants.
6: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But why would you stop?
6: Listen, Mom and Dad, I could be doing
1: drugs.
3: (laughs) I can technically can't see them because they're in a box. um, Because I moved recently and so my big tray of my dice jars is in the box but they're within arm's reach so that I can reach them right now. Um, (laughs) But I technically can't see them Um, and then there's about nine sets that I haven't put in jars yet. Um, it's all together, probably close to 30-something. Maybe 35.
1: Yeah, I'm about the same. The bulk of my dice are in my game room right now, which is behind me. Um, it's, uh, and they're in a, like, a candy store style uh, jar because oh, um, I, I just have like that's where i dump the the sets that you know are out there for anybody to use like i've got my bag of dice um and then a bunch of spares on a shelf in front of me so
0: i think I, I figured out i have 13 sets within reach of like just polyhedral sets and then i've got another four five sets of d6s within arm's reach and then i probably have like another 10 or so in a bag that i can't reach but is in the same room as me right now
2: <laughs> i have one set it's my wife's black and gold clockwork dice set within reach but then since i do D, uh roll 20 for almost everything i don't have any others that i can see other than the ones that i will be pre-ordering from the Pixels website, which oh. is currently on my right screen, because yeah. it's a once <laughs> those come out, then it, I can use them in Roll Twenty. So I totally will.
5: All I all I have is my uh, uh, my my sets. I have a bucket, but they're in there, T- technically within reach, but the door's closed, so technically not. <laughs> but I have, I think I have nine sets total.
6: Uh. I had some friends that I, I play games with sometimes, and they, they used to go to a local game shop, and they had a fish tank, like an aquarium, full of random dice, and it was like 25 cents, 50 cents for a die or whatever, and so they, when they were playing there, they would, one of them who always rolled like crap, he would put a $5 bill down, and every time a die wasn't rolling the way he wanted it to, he would toss it back into the fish tank uh, <laughs> and he'd go and he'd get another dice out of it <laughs>
0: oh my gosh
3: <laughs> yeah uh, this dice set is within reach and I'm going to brag about it because it's cute um, they just so I got my slim my slim vault from loot tables they had their kickstarter uh, and it f- perfectly fits their healing potions
0: I got oh, mine too oh look at that
3: and so it's a healing potion with a whole bunch of D4s in it. Um, and it's got the nice. list of how healing potions work. But they fit little perfectly into my little dice vault that's got... Somewhere on it, it's got my name and everything. So, Excellent. That's, uh, that's awesome. I
0: have a healing potion from uh, Arcane Spectacles.
3: <gasps> you got one of them? Yeah. Oh, I that's next on my list, because so, yeah. they're dice... So Their healing potions are so cute.
0: Yeah, there's 4D4 that come in it. And uh, yeah. Super cute little.
5: Oh yeah, I technically have extra D6s cuz I'm playing in a Dragon Age tabletop game on
0: Sundays. I love or the Dragon Age tabletop or something.
5: Game. It's so complicated though.
0: I mean, you every
6: system to... is complicated when you first start.
0: Okay, yeah,
5: but I I needed to have like five or six different instances of the PDF open
6: just to be able to
5: make my character.
6: <laughs> different different uh uh pages open on yeah. them.
5: <laughs> there's like there's like this is the character class but the abilities are on like 30 40 pages later and like then those things reference things that were like 30 pages further than that. It,
6: oh my gosh. Yeah, the layout's it ha-
5: like, not great. <laughs> it's it, it's a great tabletop, it is so confusing it's uh, so complex
0: um okay yeah. so press x to jump came in with another ask my question next so we'll move to that one um and his question their question is uh if your favorite ttrpg character was in a movie which actor would you want to play your character
5: uh, danny devito
3: <laughs> <laughs> i'm
5: playing a wizard i'm playing a halfling wizard um
3: amazing yes that okay yeah that trash. internet is one we can go home now yeah
5: he, d- he doesn't movie not movie. he doesn't look anything like my character but i don't give a shit i just Danny not veto
3: hands out it's fine <laughs> <laughs> i
0: have to think on this one for a minute
3: yeah i'm also thinking
2: I'm trying to think of what the not obvious answer is, and that's the problem.
5: <laughs> I already took the most obvious answer, obviously. We can all answer Danny DeVito, though. I'm fine with that. We can share.
6: So not my favorite TTRBG character like that I played, but one of them who actually I'm was from the crappy campaign that me and Nicole were in. We're bringing those characters back into Dev's world Later on this week, we're we're playing a game and we're bringing our old characters back. Uh, And so I played uh, Drinker Bell, which is, he was a gnome illusion wizard. um, And he was ridiculous. And I think uh, if he was in a movie, uh, Warwick Davis should play him.
3: Uh (laughs) Actually, now that it's been brought up, I really think Danny DeVito should play. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I
5: mean, he would fit too, but uh, it's okay we can share yeah,
6: there's enough time cheer. to do for all of there's us enough <laughs> to be able to go around
2: <laughs> I so Jack- gonna, oh go ahead
3: no I was just going to say I'm at a loss so I keep going I'm going to google actresses <laughs> so
2: mine's mine's an elf and the you know stereotypical answer would be the guy that played Legolas but I think David Bowie would be a good choice too. Oh, actually.
6: ooh yeah
2: David i mean
0: it would be an amazing elf
2: there was no restrictions on time of when it you know obviously so that's not feasible for right now but if i can pick anybody from i'd pick david bowie
5: mm-hmm. great choice
3: well, i wait. did just okay so um my tiefling journey my druid bard um The other tiefling in the campaign played by our friend Daphne is Chiron and it's Journey's cousin and I don't know why it just popped into my head that um Tina Fey and Amy Amy Poehler yeah um and uh Journey would be Amy Poehler and Chiron would be Tina Fey and I just decided that, that I don't know why that popped in my head, but it is now the funniest thing I've thought of all day.
6: And <laughs> Bearsley would be Jack Black.
3: Oh my, <laughs> oh my God. God.
2: <laughs> now I do have to ask because I'm noticing the trend. Are all your characters alliterative with the letter B?
6: Oh uh, no. That So it's just the two. Uh, okay. It's, it is just the two. Um, that was the thing that, no, the, uh, the Baron Bearsley Brown for Barrington, uh, was just i just came up with it on the spot uh and then the bald beard the belligerent actually is his full name uh that was just another thing that was i don't know it just happened that way it wasn't even an intentional thing i was just kind of like oh hey I it's just a thing now
2: that i i appreciate both puns and alliteration so i really <laughs> like those names yeah yes
1: big like, um my most recent favorite character is my is uh dr william Lindsay from the awkward vines campaign the call of cthulhu campaign that honey and Dice uh, was running um i think peter capaldi because uh, yeah. dr william Lindsay mm-hmm. is a scottish doctor yep um sure. and peter capaldi could uh could definitely nail that down i'd love to see him in a we're in a, an alternate universe 1880s london um, so I'd love to see Peter Capaldi with like the, the big bushy mutton chops and, uh, and the mustache and the... Yeah.
0: I think the only person that pops into mind for uh, I played a halfling rogue ranger fighter and this is probably a little bit of typecasting uh, given her role in, in The Hobbit but the, fir- the only person that pops into my mind uh, for my character Ida Bricks is Evangeline Lilly so
6: i'm sorry halfling rogue ranger fighter yep <laughs> how long nope. was your character sheet
0: <laughs> thankfully it was digital so <laughs> uh but yeah it was a, a pathfinder first edition game so it was a it was a good time
6: <laughs> oh my gosh nice.
5: did you say the character's name was Eda a brick
0: eat a bricks i-d-a-b-r-i-x <laughs> It's so good. That's great. <laughs>
6: this is dope. I love it. I love it when characters have really dumb names because when you get into like really serious RP moments, it's like this guy over here, friggin' bald beard, uh, <laughs> like in this stupid like serious scenario, like it's it's funny. Actually, bald beard's not his real name. He doesn't know his real name, but that's what <laughs> everyone calls him. Uh <laughs> cuz he can't grow
3: beard. I forgot I muted myself so I could type. Uh <laughs> Drinker Bell's real name is as dumb as it gets as well. Like <laughs> yeah.
6: Drinker Bell's real name is Bobbert, just because
3: <laughs> Yep, yeah, Bobbert. Uh,
0: oh my gosh. Um, okay. So let's see. Uh, we had two questions come in from David Tilstra and from, uh, math from Tommy and they, they're very similar. So, uh, I'm going to put them together. Um, David's question was, when did you realize you loved TTRPGs? And then to go on top of that, um, Tommy's question was, is there one defining moment that you experienced that made you fall in love with TTRPGs?
5: Oh, hell Yeah. (laughs)
6: Um, for me, like, when I first started playing, it took me a little bit to get into it, because I was, like, I'm used to... I'm a really big fan of board games. Like, under my, my TV, like, my TV stand, I have just boxes and boxes of board games. So I'm used to having, like, a concrete, this is what I can do, and this is what I can't do. So it took me a while to break out of that and, like, oh, wait, I can do basically whatever I want within reason? So it took me a little bit, and I think the moment that made me, like, really, really fall in love with with TTRPGs was when in her home game, had planned out this, like, probably two or three session long uh, uh, jailbreak that we were going to be doing. Well, Baldbeard is... He's an estranged noble from... He's estranged from his family. Uh, and he still has theirs their family signet ring and everything so he forged official documents to instead of breaking this person out of prison because it was we were in a different country just forging prisoner extradition documents and it worked and so this thing that was supposed to probably take multiple hours over the course of multiple sessions took us like 20 minutes uh and that was a moment where i'm like oh my god this is this is amazing this is so great
3: and that was the moment as a DM, I realized that no matter what I do, because <laughs> there were there were three levels I had built out cool yeah. map, mm-hmm. and like oh that's no, it never got used. So now I barely ever build maps. I'm like, still I'm not going to plan ahead. Yeah, but it was perfect because on the whatever check has to be cut that was so long ago whatever check has to be made to forge documents i think it's sleight of hand um uh Baldbeer got like a 22 and i was like i mean yeah that's documents are pretty good i yeah.
6: guess and well and they were okay. agreeing to like pay for the damages and everything too so it was like even if they thought they were fake whatever <laughs> yeah So that'll come to bite me in the the ass later on in the campaign, but it hasn't yet, so we're good. It's been like a year.
3: (laughs) I have not forgotten that you signed documents saying that your family would pay 15,000 gold in damages. I have not forgotten about this.
2: (laughs) Who goes to collect on bears, though?
3: (laughs) Oh, This is a different one it's a different one but oh, oh okay Sorry. goodness <laughs> yeah
6: this one's bald beard this is the dwarf guy oh, okay. uh dwarf. I was yeah. gonna,
2: are they gonna play but... with salmon or <laughs> yeah oh my gosh
6: no we got other people after the bear yeah
4: <laughs>
6: not for monetary reasons but
5: to be fair they both sound like they get into about the same amount of trouble from what you've told us
3: so, oh yeah all yeah. of our characters do all of our yeah. characters
6: do. It's it's a thing in in our with the party uh, in Nekla's home game that she gms uh, that our group will just get into like stupid arguments in public or right in front of some NPC and the NPCs is just like, are you, are you guys good? Is this is is everything cool here? Like, uh, is, what's going on?
3: Yeah, they constantly fight. Yeah.
5: Uh. I I can I have moments uh, relating to, like, D&D specifically that made me fall in love with it. But the moment I fell in love with Tabletops as a whole was when I joined Pasiones, uh, Rosas y Pistolas, was what it was named, which is Spanish for Guns N' Roses, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> um, not only was it the first time that I... Because I wasn't going to play with them it was last minute somebody dropped out and they were just like hey you know you last minute we need you join us and it was the first time that i had like a rp only game that ended up being two games it was the first time i tried a different system it was the first time that it was the first time that i played with a group that wanted to rp really like hardcore so for most, of the, for most of the time, I was just watching, but I was so enthralled that I forgot that I was streaming with them. And I was just like this, <laughs> just watching them RP and have all of these awesome moments. And I was like, when we finished that session, I was like, I think that is going to be a cornerstone in my experience as a tabletop player. Like, I will always think back to that moment as the moment that I fell in love with, like, all
2: of this. <laughs> I don't know for me like there's two separate things because it, it for me it is kind of two separate questions there's not a moment that I can point at and say this is why this is what made me fall in love with it it's always been super social for me so that's one of my social outlets so that's when I get to spend time with friends and have fun and even if the you know if I'm running something, it goes off the rails or we're playing something and it goes off the rails, that's us just having fun together. So that's kind of what what it's always been about for me. But then my favorite moment in any game is actually much to my chagrin, one of the times that I was the worst players ever (laughs) in that I completely metagamed a moment just to mess with my DM because uh, the person who I had the brothers characters with he was running a world of darkness campaign where the big bad was a, a gin and uh, the gin had grown like multiple sizes. He was like three stories tall and he was at the bottom of a rock quarry and we were at the top and his, he had his uh, he was, he was manifesting out of the, the lamp and it was basically floating in the middle of the air in the middle of this rock quarry. And this was a flashback because he had actually, started the campaign and so we were in a flashback and we didn't remember anything you know from that from where we started the campaign moving forward. We didn't remember anything about the flashback. So we were actually playing the flashback. And so I already knew I existed in the future. So I just jumped off the cliff with no I mean, there were no spells, there were no nothing. I, I just jumped <laughs> off the cliff trying <laughs> to grab the, the 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 thing out of midair and you, I mean, it was literally one of those memes where you can see him stare off in the distance and the math formulas start to flow. <laughs> and and uh, surprisingly, he was like, all right, well, make these three rolls. And if you succeed, I guess you won't die. And I succeeded at all three of them. And we stopped the big bad. And it was, it was fantastic. And it was one of those things that was completely born of me being a bad player and metagaming. But at the same time, <laughs> just wanting to mess with him and see how he'd work his way out of it and it worked just, out for everybody's effect you just dm so, your way out of this motherfucker that's, right. <laughs> that's, what, that's pretty much what it was uh, that's and amazing so now in, in every game I've ever played with him I do it once once per game just I will throw myself off a building or something that's amazing and he's killed me once for doing it but I still do it because it's funny as so. hell oh
6: that's, that's that's incredible that's
5: great yeah nice
0: I don't know if I would say that this is a the moment that made me fall in love with TTRPGs, but it's definitely the moment that made me realize just how vast the the possibilities are in TTRPGs. So, um my best friend joined for a few campaigns in our home group before she had a, you know, kiddo and and all of that stuff. And um in one of the games, she played a sorceress. And we jokingly refer to her as the offensive sorceress. Because she was both an offensive caster. She was also extremely offensive. <laughs> Just the way that she talked and the things that she did and all of that stuff. So many people who have either watched the stream or listened to the the VOD or the podcast version of this show have heard me refer to the bad DM. And yeah. so uh, he was playing. He wasn't DMing this game. But he's also a pretty terrible player. Like, he's the player that will try to dictate what everybody does on their turn and and that sort of thing. Just not... Oh. Like he's a nice guy, but just not a great player, so it's really hard to want to have him at the table. So, <laughs> we saw this opportunity and we seized it so hard. Um, so we were in a city, like you know, a port city, and we were getting ready to leave, but it was starting to get late in the day, and so we were like, eh, maybe we'll stay another night. You know, we you know we'll take the next boat out in the morning, that sort of thing, and this gorgeous woman comes up out of nowhere and starts essentially hitting on his character. Well, the offensive sorceress saw right through it and realized pretty quickly that it was a succubus. So she offered to pay for the room at the tavern. (laughs) And (laughs) off they went. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. And it was like, it was definitely one of those moments that I was like, oh my God, that's a thing that we can do. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it probably wasn't the moment, but it was definitely a moment that uh, has lived on in infamy in our memories, at least. So, yeah, nice. yeah. Uh,
3: so I thought of the moment that, cause I could, I was like the second I learned them i was in love with them but the moment that i realized that i was going to be like 24 7 i want to be playing this was um in my first campaign this was before before trevor joined um this was actually relatively close to the beginning we were in a battle just a combat and this dm was very much Everything but us was overpowered. And so every single combat felt like we were going to die. And it, it went one great. Um, but this one, I was actually unconscious making death saves. And I was at two successes and two failures. Oh. And it came around to my turn again. And we, we were playing voice only. Um, so they didn't have my video, but everybody could hear me crying. Because I was just... I'm going to, like, I'm going to die. I I love my leaf so much. And, and I'm going to die. And I'm the healer. Like, there was nothing that could, like... And so, it was probably... My turn probably took close to five, six minutes of just, like, putting off rolling the dice. Because I was afraid. I was like, I'm going... Like, I'm going to roll and I'm going to fail. And this is going to be my first ever full character and then they're going to die. And it's just, and then, um, and then I succeeded and I didn't die. And, but, but I did, but I did, it was more complicated things happened, but that moment, and it was probably only three months into playing. And I was like, yep, this is, this is my therapy now. I mean, yep. Okay. <laughs> I'm yep.
1: For me, I think it was the first time I went to a convention, uh, a tabletop gaming convention. Um, so, I started gaming, uh, and up until the point where I was like 20-something, I lived in a place called Fort McMurray, which is like northern northern Alberta, northern Canada. Um, not quite the northwest territories, but we can see it. Um and so when i was 16 i had my chance to go to my first sort of like gaming convention outside of um outside of fort mcmurray which is in edmonton which is where i live now um so it was about five hours away by bus um and i mean i had read about gaming conventions in dragon magazine so i had like a vague idea of what they were like um and looking if i'm honest looking back like the one that i attended at edmonton was probably nothing as big or huge as any of the ones that i read about in dragon magazines but for me it was like the first convention i'd ever gone to and it was just astounding um and i think that was the first point that i i fell in love with i knew that tabletop gaming was going to be a hobby i had for the rest of my life because i showed up there not knowing anyone and within minutes of arriving we had a common language we had common experiences we knew right like we had played in the same modules we had dealt with the same crappy gms we had um so we had this sort of like shared experience that just sort of brought us together um and it was all about the gaming and we just sort of sat down and and got to playing and and that was that um and i mean i knew right then it's like regardless of what game we were playing, this is, this is what I want. This is <laughs> like, hook, put this in a bag, hang it up and hook it right into my veins because this is exactly <laughs> the experience that I want from tabletop gaming. And I mean, looping it back to something we talked about earlier about gatekeeping and stuff like that. It's like, that is, that is the experience I want other people coming into the hobby have, like, as soon as possible. If not their first game, then I want to try and make sure, you know, me or someone like me gets to them soon so that they can be, like, sort of welcomed in and 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 in.
2: I think that's one of the things I like most that's come about. You know, it's not recently for many people, but for in the span of, like, Brent and I's experience, it's recently of checking in with players before game you know you start the session what are their expectations what's going to make them feel safe at the table that was not a language you know 20 years ago that anyone spoke and now I think it's it's one of the evolutions I think that has really pushed the medium forward a lot is because there are there's a a vocabulary like you said Brent to actually talk to people and find out what's what is safe what's off limits what they don't feel comfortable with exploring because this is a shared storytelling experience between all of us no matter what you're playing whether it's D&D or some other system and i think that's one of the things i really like that's come about you know again not recently but more recently for those of us that have been playing for a long time that i wish would have existed since the beginning
1: yeah same
0: All right. Well, we are just about at that point where we're running out of time. Um, So unfortunately, uh, we did have a question that we didn't get to. Um, What I am doing with those questions that we don't get to is I am setting them aside. And they will become uh, some of the questions that get asked in an upcoming uh, podcast version of this show that uh, the title is still being being workshopped um but it will release exclusively to patrons first and then we will release to the general public it'll basically be a monthly third hour of this show um just not streamed live on twitch so uh so i'm compiling some of those questions for that um so what i would like to do is i will like to go around again and have everyone again just tell us uh who you are and where we can find you online and anything that you have um you know, going on that you would like to share, streams, fundraisers, podcasts, anything along that that line. And um we're gonna go in the reverse order from when we started. So Trevor, we're gonna start with you.
6: Oh. Um I'm uh Trevor or Vertrox, whatever you want to call me. Uh I think my Twitter link's there. Uh tomorrow night actually um I'll be on uh the Lost Tower of Ambrosia on the uh Ballad of the Seven Dice uh Twitch um account and um going through the lost tower of ambrosia it's a super fun uh system that they've made uh it's kind of a it's a mix between a homebrew system that they did and uh a game called you are the dungeon um and instead of just making this dungeon out they actually send players through it um and it's it's super fun and if you want to be a part uh, a part of it you can sign up and possibly uh, be on an episode or be a recurring, recurring player like I, I told him I'm like yeah I'm down to come for this anytime you want me so check that out tomorrow night um, it's I think also 8pm eastern I have to check the times so
0: awesome that sounds very cool yeah um, well thanks for coming on and hanging out tonight and um... oh <laughs> hi Tom. That's exciting. Uh my my good friend from college actually just popped in and uh and is saying hi. So hi, it's good to see you. Um Alright, let's go to Joel next.
5: Oh god. Uh I am a recurring cast member of Talking XP. I play Halfling Wizard with an ice theme going on. I forgot to mention that in the beginning. Uh he's uh, all his spells deal cold damage and he has a familiar that's an owl it's a whole thing um i also homebrew with math, uh, for math productions i have a barbarian subclass called path of the blazing fury uh it's all about turning the rage into a literal fire it's pretty cool it's just for fun and uh, i just really we also just released uh a dragon that is a a dragonborn uh sub race called uh, fairy dragonborn and uh it's like a fairy dragon equivalent to the whole thing it's it's a it's full-on mixed with the Feywild. wild it's got its own lore thing for people who are interested in that um that's mostly what i do (laughs)
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on and, and hanging out tonight. It was great to great to get to chat with you a little bit.
3: Sweet. Same. Uh Nicola. Hi, I'm Nicola, and this is Hank. Um, is my big fluffy my big fluffy boy, Hank Johnson. You you waited too long to come and I need to put you down now. Um Yeah, I'll pick you up in a second. Um <laughs> I am <laughs> yada yada druidcraft yada yada tiny hut next weekend (laughs) (laughs) next weekend um good better quest and from afar podcast are getting together for a crossover stream that is two days long um and you'll have to follow the one of our twitters either uh from afar podcast or gbq pod because there are three streaming times and i did not memorize them anyway We are combining and it's going to be amazing. And one of the things that um, on the Tiltify campaign you can donate for is gonna be our first ever tiny pieces of merch. And that is preface with, I have a tremor. So if my camera can't pick this up, I apologize. Buttons. And I'm so excited for them. And so we're gonna have 12 different ones um done by art done by nox batty and dev makes things and we've got like little patrick the carrot goblin and all this cool i should throw a gbq one up but i love the from afar one so much there's a good better quest one and um so you can get these collectors buttons that i made i'm very excited these are only the test ones that's why that one actually looks crappy i don't know why i put it up Anyways, (laughs) so, um, yes, you can uh, follow us uh, from Afar Podcast and GBQ Pod on Twitter with all of our information. We are going to be raising money for the um, Transgender Law Center. All 100% of the proceeds are going to be going to them. And there's our Good Better Quest logo. And there's 12 designs altogether. I'm not going to sit here and take up the whole rest of the time, even though I'm so proud of them because you can actually have from afar and get better quest merch and it's cool and exciting. And um, yeah, I'm excited for that. So next weekend at twitch.tv slash from podcast, come join us for the breakfast bash. That's what we're calling it. Don't know why, don't know <laughs> what's going on. That's part of not knowing the story. It's called the breakfast bash. Something's happening. All Anyways,
0: right. Well, it sounds exciting, and I'm sure it's going to be tons of fun given the cast that is involved, so I am looking forward to it. Um, Mark, we'll go over to you.
2: Well, I wanted to say first thank you to Luna for having me. I appreciate it, and it was very nice to meet all of you. Um, we're, uh, we're our biggest thing on our channel right now uh, on our YouTube, and it's also actually playing often as replays on Twitch. Uh, our flagship show, it's our fifth edition actual play called Emancipation of Dragons. A year of prep work to put it together. We built a studio for it. Um, it's It's been pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's at 6.30 p.m. on Mondays on YouTube. Uh, and then if you're one of those people who are intimidated in picking up uh, actual play games after they've already started, we actually just started a very brand new one called Eberron Lost in Time, or excuse me, Borrowed Time. And that's on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. on our YouTube as well. And then we're on Twitch the rest of the week uh wednesday thursday and friday because uh, like you said they're exclusive unless you're critical Role. yes <laughs> hashtag hashtag shade right <laughs> <laughs> uh but also i wanted to give a quick shout out to wendigo workshop and abyssal bruise on twitter because they're the ones that kind of introduced me to the ttrpg uh community which of course led me to all of you guys so i appreciate that and uh, look forward to interacting more with everybody online
0: yes definitely um, and yes, two very awesome uh, accounts to follow on Twitter. If you are not, please go check them out. And, uh, and last but definitely not least, we'll go to Brent.
1: Hi. Uh, so I have been and continue to be Brent. Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, my Twitter handle is at uh, Lord Canada. Um, you don't have anything that I'm streaming right now. Clockwork Vines is on a break. Um, but if you want to see some of the stuff that I write about tabletop games, you can check me out at RenaissanceGamer.ca, uh, where I post. That's my site, and I post spor- uh, sporadically. Uh, if you're looking for a tabletop games editor, that's also where my rates and stuff are posted, so you can check that stuff out. Um, I post more. Uh, Frequently on a site called therathole.ca, which is a board and tabletop games review site. Uh, I post a weekly editorial talking about basically anything that's caught my eye that week in tabletop gaming. Um, So, And projects that I have going on right now, currently I'm editing for the Court of Blades uh, RPG. Uh, that's coming out very soon from the two drakes. They just had a Kickstarter for it. Um, so we'll be doing the Kickstarter like, release to all the people who pledged, and then that'll be available for sale for people. Uh, so if you like Blades in the Dark, uh, you're going to like uh, Court of Blades. Uh, it's very much that sort of Renaissance, Venetian um, court intrigue type of game. Um, yeah, that's about it.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for coming on and hanging out for these last few hours. It's been great to get to chat with all of you. Uh, I am Gamer Mom Luna. This has been Tales from the Tavern. We're here every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. You can find us uh, posted. Uh, these episodes are all posted to YouTube the following Tuesday, and they are available in Ears Edition, also known as podcast form, on Sundays the following Sunday after the episode airs. So if you like what you heard and you want to listen to some more or catch up on some other episodes, um, those are two great ways to find us. And uh, we are going to, at this point, um, we're going to go raid some friends. We're going to go over and say hi to Waffles Maple Syrup, who are playing a Pathfinder game right now. And uh, we're going to go go drop a hello over there. So I uh, hope you all have a great week, and we will catch you again next Sunday night. Have a great week, everyone. Good night. Bye. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Tales from the Tavern. You can catch this podcast recorded live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv forward slash gamermomluna. All of our questions come directly from chat, so we never really know what to expect when we go live. If you ever have a question or would like to add something to the conversation, feel free to reach out on Twitter at gamermomluna and use the hashtag TFTT. You may just get to hear it answered. Thanks so much.
6: Bye.